OTB Sports Rugby. I just remember when Stephen Jones was stepping up to take it, I was there going, oh, we've got this. Had they given it to Gavin Henson, I would have been a lot more worried. Um, <laughs> Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. Off the ball, daily. Off the ball. This is News Talk. And you're welcome to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you as always until five. We hope we're doing okay around the country into February now. And what a Six Nations match we have in store this afternoon. The top two ranked teams in the world in rugby meeting in Dublin. Andy Farrell's Ireland and Fabian Galtier's France both earned bonus point wins on the opening weekend. Can Ireland maintain their grandstand ambitions and make a World Cup statement at the Aviva Stadium this afternoon? We will build up with Andy Dunn from half one. We'll keep you posted with regular updates throughout the game. It kicks off at 2.15. Also on the show today, Cork Jewel star Hannah Looney will preview the new Camogie season. That starts next week. She'll also talk about the ladies footballers. And another competition to begin in the coming days is the League of Ireland. We'll preview that on Football Saturday. We'll bring you all the discussion and score updates as well between three and five from the Premier League. Mark Lawrenson, Keith Long, Shane Keegan and Dan McDonnell are this week's guests. If you want to get in touch, folks, 53106, the text number. If you want to share your opinions with us when it comes to sport, if you have any questions as well for our guests during the show, love to hear your views today. You can also tweet us out off the ball. We'll start off the news round as always with Wexford's finest, Aidan Delaney. Aidan, how are you? I'm not too bad, thanks, John. Thank you very much. You buzzed about this rugby, are you? I am actually. I, w- I wasn't too kind of up for it right throughout the week because I just thought France are, you know, I mean, notionally we are the number one team in the world, but France really are the team that, you know, come into this game unbeaten. But then we had that game against Italy last weekend where they kind of got out of jail a little bit. We saw the under-20s last night, you know, have that heroic win as well. And now I'm really starting to think, yeah, maybe we can actually do this. Yeah, it'll be close, I think. It'll be close, 50-50. The injuries, the depth charge, to use that rugby expression, will be interesting to see how Herring and Bielham do in the front row. Great to see Conor Murray playing. And France gave away, what, 18 penalties against Italy? I don't think it'll be as that many as they gave away seven last year. So Yeah, Fabien Galtier was pointing out that they always kind of start, you know, ill-disciplined and then kind of work their way into the tournament where they kind of tweak things a little bit and kind of just get themselves back on side with refs and stuff like that. So, you know, there is a case to be made that when you are coming back after, you know, not playing since November... They will be a little bit rusty and they looked a little bit rusty last weekend, but they've had another week's training under their belt now and, you know, really going to get themselves up for this game as well. So I, I don't think we're going to see the same France as we did last weekend and it's certainly going to be a dangerous one in the Aviva. I was just walking into the studio here in Dublin, walked uh, down Dawson Street and saw some French uh, fans with the the jerseys on and they had a few cold beers and I was kind of getting a bit envious, you know, to seeing Irish fans as well with the scarves. It's... It feels like the start is springing away, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and like you say, the French bring such colour and, you know, they have, they have their berets and they have their French flags and everything like that. It is just lovely to see them, you know, putting themselves about a little bit and, you know, not afraid to, to make themselves known either. I was coming down Harcourt Street and plenty of them staying in the hotels around there. So they'll certainly make themselves known and... Uh, they'll certainly give their team a boost as well. So what's Andy Farrell been saying? Yeah, so the Ireland head coach is fully aware of the challenges that the French will pose for his side today. The men in green, of course, taking on Les Bleus in a massive Six Nations encounter at the Aviva Stadium at 2.15 this afternoon. And despite a tight victory over Italy last weekend, Farrell says that this French side cannot be underestimated. I love the way that the French play, so I have nothing personal uh, uh, against the French. Um, You know, um, but... It's, it's another big game, isn't it? It's another big game that we're playing at home. And, you know, there's there's extra spice out there because of what everyone knows, you know. Um, two good teams going at it, but 
it's the second game of the Six Nations and the other three after this one are going to be just as important. I think they're a fantastic team. You know, I, I was actually speaking to Fabien Galtier um, at the launch, you know, I've congratulated him on what was, it wasn't just an unbelievable year for him, was it? I mean, he couldn't have done any better. Um, you're not going unbeaten and uh, playing the way that they've played. And, you know, I think uh, it speaks volumes for where, where they're at at this moment in time. And I think the, the coaching staff there and, the, and, and obviously the backroom staff and, and the players alike have, have got something really going in, in French rugby. French rugby in general, I think, is, is, is buzzing at this moment in time. We've all, we've all seen that. So, um, but I think what's been very impressive about them is, is the, the temperament. You know, they've, they've, uh, um, they've got a plan A, B and C and maybe a D as well. And, um, you know, when, when things have not been going their way, they've always found a way to, to, to win, certainly over the last 12 months. So in that regard, um, any type of victory against a side like that is going to be a big performance. Andy Farrell there we're welcoming Mayo's finest Cameron Hill to the news round for the first time alongside Aidan Delaney here Cameron how are you? Wow Mayo's finest I take that But everybody gets a finest whatever county you're in Absolutely <laughs> yeah, so, Well you know I'll, I'll take it John If we've Nathan Murphy and yourself we'll, we'll probably have a difficulty but we, we're not, we'll cross that bridge when we come I'll to I'll defer it. to Mr Murphy on that one <laughs> <laughs> So you were telling me you, you did a bit of French in college Yes yeah did it in Trinity uh, so you were, you were going around yesterday speaking to some of the French fans. So you had an advantage then on, on us mortals. It's great. Uh, they, they get very surprised when you can speak French. They go, oh, alors, c'est, c'est cool. Um, but they were in fine form yesterday. A yeah. lot of them around Grafton Street especially. Uh, big, big chance at La Marseillaise anywhere you went. And I'd say last night was good crack too. You wonder if they come every couple of years. Is it a ritual for many people that they would go to? I'm sure there's Irish fans who would go to Cardiff or go to Rome or go to Murrayfield, you know? Absolutely. I'm going to Rome um, in two weeks' time and I went to Paris last year and those away days in the Six Nations are just brilliant. Um, Obviously, it's much better crack that night if, weirdly, if the hosts win (laughs) because they're much more welcoming to Irish fans whereas we're kind of, we're happy and we don't get too annoyed in defeat but they are special places to go I'd, I'd say probably Rome would be better than Cardiff yeah. not to throw any shade but um, I'm really looking forward to it and I'd love What was their vibe was it, were they in good, good, good nick in terms of their chances um, Italy No or, France yesterday the people you met uh, Yeah, yeah they're really confident uh, I think the feeling in France at the moment is that they wouldn't they wouldn't have um, been as worried about this game had last weekend's performance not been so poor um, certainly on the French rugby podcast I've been listening to they are very concerned and think, okay, if we lose today and then we've Scotland next in the next round and we lose to them, there's a problem here. Yeah. There's a pattern emerging. I don't have that advantage, uh, Aidan. I don't know if you do as well, to be able to listen to French rugby podcasts with the, <laughs> no, uh, with the assurance that no, uh, it's, it's, the camera has. It's part of why I was hired. It's great. <laughs> I might start listening, though, if, they, if we manage to beat them. I want to just hear the tears, maybe. That might be nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we also have... Um, the Scots and the Welsh today, that's at what, a quarter to five in Edinburgh. And this under-20s you were talking about last night, it was a close match and a, a dramatic finish, Yes, Yeah, Sam Prendergast's late penalty kept Ireland's hopes of a back-to-back under-20 Grand Slam alive. His kick meaning Ireland beating their French counterparts by 33 points to 31 at a sold-out Musgrave Park last night and some brilliant scenes at the end there as well. Derry City, uh, the phony war is over. 
um, but they've got their first shot. Yeah, the first piece of silverware went to the candy stripes last night. First half goals from Will Patching and Michael Duffy saw Derry beat Shamrock Rovers 2-0 to claim the President's Cup. And of course, we'll kick off the League of Ireland next se- uh, season next weekend. And we'll preview that with Keith Long joining Dan McDonnell and Shane Keegan after four on the show today. Now, it's one all between West Ham and Chelsea in the London Derby. Zhao Felix with his first goal for the Blues. Early in the match, they dominated possession. It was a volley from close range uh, set up by another new boy, Enzo Fernandez. But West Ham have equalised through Emerson, another close range finish at the far post, uh, Jared Bowman with the flick on. So I don't know what Chelsea are playing in today, lads. It's like a gold or a beige uh, away strip. It's, yeah. it's, it's definitely unique. It's like a kit that was white. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> there was an issue with the washing. <laughs> yeah. um, but they're playing well, Chelsea. I mean, this is Jared Felix's first Premier League start. Obviously, he got sent off in his debut, but uh, he's been really, really good so far. And oh, they went close there. Yeah, Fabianski um, turned it away for a corner. So it's there's a, a uh, there's an unchanged West Ham team here, and there's three changes to the Chelsea team. Felix, one of them in, uh, Loftus Cheek and Madueke coming in at the forward positions, but their defence is unchanged. And uh, as I said, Enzo Fernandez playing again in midfield. So I just don't know how long it's going to take Graham Potter to gel these players because they were cr- cruising. They were in autopilot and then they conceded to Emerson there so West Ham showed a bit of fight in recent games and that's good to see for them with uh, Jared Bowen back in form with the assist there in, in that first half 40 minutes on the watch at the London Stadium 1-1 what do you make of Dayton? The, um, yeah the game I think you know there's been a couple of chances here for Chelsea and I, I would be very surprised to see if they weren't to get some uh, something out of this game you mentioned Havertz has, has had a goal disallowed Joe Felix has had a goal disallowed and you know just had a, a shot there just go over the crossbar so I do think that Chelsea you know they are the better team they are starting to gel that bit more and I would give Graham Potter a chance to to really just bed these players in that little bit more you know Chelsea are often trigger happy when it comes to to getting rid of managers but you know the new regime is in there now and I think this is the tough time for to Tal Bowley to make sure that he's not seen as you know just kind of a a Russian part too. Well, he's been seen in the crowd. He was uh, enjoying the opening goal there. So he's, he's hasn't had far to travel uh, from where he's, I'm sure he's in London at the moment and uh, to go to the London Stadium. He's in the director's box. Uh, so we've got matches as well at three o'clock. A lot of uh, interesting games coming up this afternoon. Yeah, Arsenal looking to re-establish the eight-point lead they used to have over Manchester City. They welcome Brentford to the Emirates, coming off the back of that 1-0 defeat to Everson last time out. Fifth place Tottenham are away to Leicester. They'll be without their goalkeeper Hugo Lloris, who misses the game through injury. And we can hear now from the Spurs assistant manager Christian Stellini, who says that while it will be a blow, they can't allow injury to hang over their team. We're disappointed about Hugo and uh, he's injured. But However, we have a, a good experienced goalkeeper mm. like Fraser Foster with a, a great experience in Premier League and a, a good experience in uh, Champions League. So we have a, a tough uh, uh, five weeks in front of us with uh, Fraser. We trust in Fraser, so we are happy to play with, with him in the squad. And also we... We say, we say to Hugo, see you soon yeah. again because uh, he need a, a good recovery. He need uh, maybe between five, seven weeks to to be back with us. It was better to have uh, Hugo with us. All the keeper made some mistakes sometimes, and it's not good to have an injury. And I think. Uh, uh, we cannot say this. 
we prefer to have Hugo with us. Mm. So that's it. But uh, he could use this time to be to recover also mentally if uh, he had uh, a heavy moment after the World Cup. But uh, Hugo was recovering well. Mm-hmm. He played uh, the last game, last games uh, very well. So was a was a good moment for him. He recovered from the World Cup uh, completely. Yes, there are there are sometimes a game, uh, and we spoke before the last game. Uh, if you reach and you win this type of game, you can create a, a good momentum in in the season. But to do this, uh, you have to win the next and the next and the next again. And to do this, uh, you have to work uh, well, to be well prepared and uh, play with humility. And don't lose uh, this, this aspect because uh, what changed uh, in our mind in the last period is uh, uh, the way we approach in the game. And we have to continue in this way. But to do that, we have to look uh, in between of us and... Uh, understand why we change. This is the most important thing. Leicester will be a tricky game for Spurs away today because Spurs have AC Milan in the Champions League this week in Fraser. We trust and wonder will they have banners in the White Hart Lane, uh, New Hart Lane in time after what Slidini said there. Uh, Mudrick has been clattered by yeah. Sofal. I think Sofal has clattered Kukurea again there. Uh, so uh, welcome to the Premier League, uh, <laughs> Michaela Mudrick. West Ham getting a bit physical in the first half. 1-1, they're approaching half-time. Um, Brighton making the trip to Crystal Palace today. Fulham entertaining Nottingham Forest. Southampton welcoming Wolves to St Mary's and half-five Newcastle. Can move up to third in the table if they win at Eddie Howe's former team, Bournemouth. So you're a Leeds fan, Cameron. Are you worried now about your relegation? Well, watching this game, you're kind of looking and uh, you kind of hope Chelsea will get the win today. I think West Ham, if they don't come away with points today, we'll see this is a real opportunity missed because they're back in European action this week as well. Um, and you know it's a tied out relegation battle um, I think the narrative around Leeds this season has been oh they've played very well but the results haven't come their way eventually that excuse starts to wear thin who would you like to see in there? I don't know because all the managers that have been linked seem to be now not linked and you can see why reasons. Leeds isn't an, un, isn't an, an attractive uh, prospect right now because the January transfer window is over it's going to come thick and fast it's they're already at their clubs and want to see the season out, you'd feel. Like Arne Slut uh, decided he wanted to stay at Feyenoord. Uh, Corberan has signed on with West Brom to, like, he signed a new contract. And uh, the Rayo Vallecano boss also decided he wasn't going to go. So it's a difficult time to be looking for a manager. Uh, I'd love to see Ralph Hasenhüttl. He's not mm-hmm. doing anything at the moment. He'd be very, very good. Um, but well, he's now uh, smelling like Lenore because uh, after what's happened at Southampton recently. Yeah, I thought. You know, I, I was getting these stories about Raf Hasenhutl and uh, you know the players and you know the, the, the kind of tension in the dressing room. I thought he did a really good job there. I think he was really, really good and leads and played well. Played good style of football too. Absolutely, and maybe that might suit the Leeds players as well the way they they, they want to play. I think so. I think so because we really do need to get someone in there permanent. You definitely felt uh, midweek against United that the pieces are there and the players are coming back to form. Bamford's been brilliant over the last couple of games, and Nanto is such an electric prospect. But, yeah, you just need someone to steady the ship here, guide them, get their defensive shape sorted and uh, be a bit more ambitious in attack. Yeah, Weston McKenney coming in, obviously. For Liverpool, Jurgen Klopp was quite positive, I felt. He wasn't as narky as he has been in his press conferences yesterday. I know he had a bit of a thing about Henderson, but the Merseyside derby. Chris Sutton at BBC was predicting an Everton win and 
he doesn't see why Liverpool can just turn it around. I, I'd actually think this is a good game for Liverpool. An evening game on uh, at Anfield on Monday night and a chance to bounce back. Yeah, well, I suppose it does give Liverpool that extra couple of days rest. I suppose that you know they've kind of been crying out for for the last little while. They are a team that kind of goes full tilt every year, and you know, obviously with the sixty four games last year, uh, they haven't really recovered from that that little bit. So you would think that if you're an Everton fan, you know, going to Anfield over the last kind of decade has never been a happy hunting grounds for them. But I think they're probably happy enough to go on a Monday night. You know, kind of throws Liverpool out of their rhythm a little bit. As a Liverpool fan, I'd be a little bit worried about this game. I think Sean Dyche, you know, he'll have been targeting this game, you know, since before he took the Everton job. He he was probably thinking, I'd love to go to, you know, Merseyside with and a win under over Arsenal under our belts and to really kind of put it up to Liverpool and, and kind of shut up the noisy neighbours. But um, like you say, I suppose if you can't get up for, a, you know, a Merseyside derby, then, you know, there is serious questions to be asked at Liverpool. What other football action do we have today? Yeah, in the fifth round of the Scottish Cup, the top flight side Livingston will host championship side Inverness and Celtic will take on St Mirren. And not to mention the war again, uh, but Celtic fullback Greg Taylor says no one at the club is listening to speculation linking boss Ange Postacoglu with the Leeds job. Okay, Real Madrid. Uh, as the Ancelotti also distancing himself from the Brazil job there mm-hmm. uh, during the week. Yeah, so the European champions will attempt to win the Club World Cup this evening. The Spanish giants will face the Saudi Arabian inside Al Hilal in the final of the Club World Cup in Morocco. Kickoff there is at half past seven. And also Women's Super League. Yeah, elsewhere there's a major class in that league with Arsenal taking on Manchester City. Uh, City now lead by two goals to nil. Lauren Hemp has scored the first, while Casey McCabe has once again started on the Gunners bench for that one. So hurling wise there's uh, action in the Allianz League today. Yeah massive clash as Keane Lynch makes his first Limerick start since April. They're facing Clare this evening in Division 1A of the Allianz National Hurling League and Leash and Waterford are both seeking their first wins of the season. They meet in Division 1B. We have golf both in Arizona and Singapore involving Irish players. Yeah so the defending champion Scotty Scheffler has a two shot lead after his second round at the Phoenix Open but many players of course couldn't finish because of the bad weather over there. The American seven under par with John Ram, his nearest challenger. But uh, Scheffler says he's not taking any note of, of the narrative this week that McElroy and John Ram are the two best players in the world. I mean, not really. I would, I would probably have to agree. It's not like I'm sitting there saying I'm playing better than those guys right now. They've been winning tournaments and I've been you know, kind of on the outside looking in. And so, no, I hadn't really been paying attention to it too much. Looking forward to a potential uh, showdown with Mr. Ram this weekend? Yeah, I mean, that's that would be a lot of fun. It looks like right now we're one and two, but we'll see how things shake out. You know, a lot of guys still have a lot of golf out there to play, and yeah, it should be a fun weekend. Being number one, you got there at the match play. Was there a moment before then that told you I'm the best player in the world? Like, when does it click in your head that you feel that way? Uh, I don't know if you ever really truly feel that way. I think sometimes you're just playing with a lot of confidence, and I think anytime you start perceiving yourself as something, you kind of get into some issues, and so... For me, it's always worked best just to keep my head down and kind of go about things the way I've been doing it for a long time and um, just keep plucking along and working hard. What was your mindset as you were watching your ball really go off the green at 16 as it was happening? Well, my ball flew into the green kind of funny to where I could tell something was happening up there, and then the flag started whipping, and then all of a sudden my ball started going, and then people started booing me, which I didn't, I didn't appreciate too much. It's a pretty good shot to be getting booed, but, you know, it happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Overall, in the golf course, really, other than that one huge gust of wind, even the, the course was a little more scorable today. How are you able to really uh, take advantage of that on the golf course? 
Yeah, I think around this place, when you're hitting fairways and you're hitting it well, the golf course can kind of open up for you, but the opposite can happen in a hurry because there's you know trouble lurking on basically every hole with there being desert close by or there's a lot of holes with water as well. So when you're hitting it well, you got to take advantage of it like I did today, and um, you know hopefully I'll keep putting the ball in position as the week goes on. Yeah, so Rory McIlroy among those who will resume their round later. He improved from a poor first day and now sits on three under after 13 holes of his second round. Shane Larry has six holes to play to finish round two. He's currently four over par, while Seamus Power is level par. He managed to finish his second round and got a second consecutive 71. Yeah, Scotty Sheffer, this was the tournament last year that he won, and it was only his first ever win on the PGA Tour. Hard to believe that he then won another two times before winning the Masters uh, at Augusta. So it can change quickly, folks. Tom McKibben, by the way, uh, has had a great week in Singapore Singapore Classic on the DP World Tour a 71 today not his best compared to his first two rounds but he's 12 under par and he's in a tie for fourth and he's only two shots off the lead of uh, Zheng Yun Wang and Alejandro Del Rey so Tom McKibben right in the hunt in his rookie season to win a DP World Tour event so well done to him also check out folks I think there's a Netflix documentary called Full Swing coming out this week Rory McIlroy is, is involved in it about the PGA Tour last year and what a year it was the whole split and live and stuff and everything uh, Formula 1 wise obviously that season's coming back now quite shortly isn't it uh, Aiden? Yeah the president of the sport says drivers will not be silenced if they want to use their voice to speak out about issues this season Motorsports motor, motoring governing body the FAI has changed a rule which makes it illegal to make personal religious or political statements without permission several drivers have expressed concern and asked for clarity over it but Stefano Demacali says they won't be gagged Okay, so there's obviously racing as well today. Uh, Nace and Newbury. So Sir Alan, 100 to 30, has won the opening novice hurdle at Nace, uh, trained by Andrew Slattery there. And also the big races at Newbury today. So there's a couple of grade twos. We have the Betfair hurdle coming up uh, as well uh, this afternoon. So the Betfair hurdle, 335, a couple of grade twos. The Denman chase at 225 and the Game Spirit chase at three o'clock. And at Warwick, the Kingmaker novices chase, that grade two goes to post at 240. So plenty of racing action to look forward to just a month out from Cheltenham. As well, folks, obviously the Super Bowl is happening uh, tomorrow night. The Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. Are you going to be asleep by the time that comes around, lads? Or are you going to be wide awake until 5 a.m.? I'll certainly be up watching it for the first half anyway. I'll try to see if I can get as far as Rihanna and that's usually when I kind <laughs> Is of it Rihanna out. this year, is it? It is, it is. Uh, that's usually when I start to conk out and uh, I miss the, the Patriots comeback a couple of years ago after the, the 28-3 down and uh, it's haunted me ever since. So I'll, I'll try to stay up for as much of it as I can but uh, half 11 start I think for Irish fans. So that'll be a lot of fun and you know if, if Patrick Mahomes is doing his business you know then you won't want to go to bed. Yeah, I'll be watching it as well. I think, uh, like Aidan, uh, the halftime show will probably be my exit point as well. Mm. Um, I think the Super Bowl is kind of like the sports Ulysses, <laughs> that everybody wants to do it. Everybody wants to watch it, but you can't stick it out the whole way through. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'll be. It's it's great. It's really enjoyable. Last year I watched it with a load of Americans in but Paris. There was a really good halftime show I remember last year. With was it a rap one or was it Jay Z and yeah, all that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Doctor Dre rap. and Snoop Dogg and Fifty Cent came out of there. you know. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was it's kind of crazy to see them all back together again. Uh, it is. It's. I think it's the best. Piece it's of the Champions League of America. It's like the Champions League final for the other That's side of the good. Atlantic. But so. didn't they try a they tried a thing last year at the Champions League like a pre-show thing uh, with I can't remember who was doing it some pop act pop star didn't work it, the Americans can do it, it it's yeah. distinctly American I think 
the 2019 Champions League final had Dua Lipa because that kind of became a big song among Liverpool fans and then obviously Liverpool kind of lost that game as well so that was anytime I hear one kiss by Dua Lipa I just think of Sergio Ramos absolutely doing <laughs> Mo Salah and, and the Loris Karius game and Gareth Bale and everything like that so it's, it brings up bad memories so I don't think You I walk out of shops and you hear it Yeah, yeah Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, okay. So, uh, is there any kind of narrative around this? I was looking at the betting, they're quite uh, evenly matched. Patrick Mahomes. It seems like it's Mahomes versus the Eagles defence. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a tale of two defences I've seen um, across all the week. And it'll be a great it'll be a great clash. Eagles fans are known for their mild manners and, you mm-hmm. know, general not getting into trouble. Not. They're, they're the rowdiest fans I think I've ever seen. And it's in Arizona. And it's just, I mean, if, if you're an Irish person, I don't know, obviously you won't be listening right to this right now unless you're listening abroad. Um, to be at that 16th hole at Phoenix, which is like the, mm. the, the stadium hole this week. I think there was a streaker there yesterday uh, that with some of their clothes on. And then you have just down the road in Glendale, this, the Super Bowl. It's, it's pretty amazing yeah. to be there this week. Absolutely. Arizona is the place to be. Well, Dublin will be the place to be today. Yeah. And then tomorrow we're all going off to Arizona, aren't we? Aren't we? In our, in our minds. Yeah, and our minds are great things because they can imagine things that are not real. So remember, folks, as you're binging on sport this weekend to pick out your best performance of the weekend, whether it's a player, manager, even the ref, tune in to OTB's Instagram page tomorrow evening, Sunday. Leave your selection in the comments under our performance records post. If your selection matches our topic live on Monday's OTB AM, you're in with a chance then of winning the Gillette Pro Glide Razor Skin Guard Shaving Gel and Pro Glide Refill Blades Pack. That is the Gillette Labs performance rankings for an effortless finish to your day. Aidan Delaney, Cameron Hill, call it. Ireland, France, how it's going to go? Last weekend, I was very uh, conservative with my kind of less than five points win over Wales. We kind of blew that away. Um, I'm going to be kind of conservative again, but I, I will be a bit more positive. I do think we can beat France. I think, you know, the, the home crowd behind us, having that, you know, kind of steadying the ship last time out. And Conor Murray, you know, I was kind of a bit critical of him last week, but I thought he played really, really well. And obviously he's, you know, come through some tough times this week, but uh, he's going to be out there leading the charge. And I do think Ireland maybe by three or four. I think Ireland by five. I think the penalties are going to be the big thing today. Mm-hmm. Uh, France had their worst penalty count since 2014 last week against Italy. So if we can have a similar return, that'd be great. Uh, Johnny will be able to kick them and Rossburn as well. But it's going to be tight. I think Andy Dunn said 10 to 15 point spread. I can't see that. I think France are going to have a big reaction. But Ireland by five. OK, Cameron and Aidan, thanks so much. I'm going to give Ireland by seven. We're off to Lansdowne Road to speak to the, the man himself, Andy Dunn, ahead of Ireland versus France after this break. Off the ball Saturday and News Talk is back after this. OTB Sports Rugby. I just remember when Stephen Jones was stepping up to take it, I was there going, oh, we've got this. Had they given it to Gavin Henson, I would have been a lot more worried. Um, <laughs> Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now.